Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, ESPN 2 Series XM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance, all guests on the Goodyear Hotline. So, Georgia, guys, as it turns out, the team that was like considered the best team by the most people for the longest time this year, right up until they got smacked by Alabama in that SEC championship game, it turns out was the best team. They beat Alabama fair and square for the national title. First, Georgia beats Alabama, by the way, for the first national championship since 1980. Mm. That's, were you was, even born? I was born in 73, but this cat I was not been, born. Yeah, that's right. There you go, before baby. Jay was born. 81. And I don't remember it. I was seven years old. I remember Georgia beating. I don't know. Do you remember Georgia's national title when you were seven or eight years old? I kind of remember Herschel Walker in the group. I kind of remember it. Yeah, I, Herschel, Herschel Walker, Walker was in the, the air, but, yeah. but like actually being aware of the game. and no, everything. I, don't, yeah. I, I don't think I remember. They play Penn State, I think. I don't remember. I think it was Penn State, but I'm the wrong I could be person wrong. to ask. I was not existing. So 33-18 was the final score after <laughs> a bunch of field goals early on. Georgia scored um, the last 20 points of the game. Kirby Smart, I think the big story is, right? Nick Saban had never lost to an assistant before this year. Oh, it's not me winning the bet? That's not the big story? Well, I, thought that, well, yeah, I felt like that, that was, was a big story, oh, man, actually. we got it I in. Like it's 6 2 You won. Yay. Yeah, yeah. Jay won. I said they would, Alabama win by 21. They lost. You won. That's angry. Go ahead and, that's angry Q, go ahead and that's keep angry the show going. When he loses go, the bet. Go ahead and I love it. keep the show going, uh, Max. Just thank you. Dismiss Wait, it. Move I on. Just, we just need to stop down for a second. You do realize if Alabama had won by 20, you would still have lost that. Oh, I understand. I'm having <laughs> 20. A, isn't that what y'all call it? Hot takes or something like that? Ain't that yeah, that was a hot take. Y'all just, hot take. No, y'all no, just no, say that anything. That wasn't a hot take. <laughs> that was reckless speculation. So, but but Kirby Smart finally beats Nick Saban. What Key, what'd you take away from the game? I mean, look, there's a couple ways you could go with this game. I, I look at it and I say Kirby Smart finally, like you said, beat his boss. But he did it in a way that made you think that, okay, now you could catapult him into another level as a head coach. Mm. But you look at the – there's no excuses, but you have to factor in the fact that Alabama, skill position-wise, had lost some players along the way. When you lose the only viable top receiver in Williams in the middle of the game, I mean, that hurts. That sends a fog to the locker room. The rest of your team is sitting around there trying to figure things out. Now you start to think about, okay, offensively, how could Bryce Young continue to be the Heisman Trophy guy if he doesn't have weapons around him? Eventually it's going to catch up to you. Especially and that front up seven on Georgia. Yeah, the front seven was ridiculous. Yeah. Them dudes, was, they was coming. They was there to eat. There was no question about it. On both sides of the ball, though, I thought Alabama's defense at yeah. times played well as well. Yeah, Jay, what's nuts is Georgia, remember all the chatter, Greatest defense ever, greatest defense ever. Actually, if you take away the Alabama game in the SEC championship, we might be sitting here and saying that right now, right? Based on well, the way they played all season and then in the and then in the title game. There are a lot of questions. I think the big question for Georgia's defense was just the question around their DBs and their coverage, right? Yep. And Ringo getting that pick six at the end of the game. I, th- I think that was something that solidified their defense. And they played with a chip on their shoulder. Look, I, I give Setson Bennett a lot of credit as well. I mean, they're, the, the youth that Alabama had on the outside of their coverage, they took advantage of that. And it's, um, it was incredible to see. We talk about, Max, team's identity yesterday, right? 
a team being who they are, that defense with the way they got that blitz package, with the pressure that they were able to put on Bryce Young, keep that pressure on him throughout the course of the game, that's the identity of who Georgia is. We just showed a graphic on ESPN, too, among the lowest points per game allowed ever by a national champion, Georgia. Alabama in 2011, 8.2. Michigan in 97, 8.9. Miami in 2001, 9.4. Georgia this year, 10.2. But again, take away that Alabama game. That one loss to Alabama probably shoots to the top of the list. Anyway, you mentioned Stetson Bennett, the Georgia quarterback. He was with Ian Fitzsimmons of ESPN Radio after the game. I have no clue. Whenever Keeley caught that pick, it just just hit me. It just, my whole body, I mean, I just started crying. I can't describe it. I don't know what that was. I wasn't planning on it. I didn't know that was going to happen. It was incredible. Yeah, I mean, Stetson Bennett did play well when it mattered most. It's a good story. It's a good story. He's a walk-on, got an opportunity, and, you know, and now he's a national champion, led his team to a national championship. He played well. He had some big plays and big moments in the game. It, wasn't a, it didn't. The game didn't seem too big for him like the SEC championship did. I think it slowed down a little bit. But when you don't, when you're not applying the pressure from an offensive standpoint from the other team, you can get your team to play a certain way. And I think that's what Kirby Smart and company was able to do because Alabama wasn't really applying the pressure. Alabama left. Man, they left about 21 points on the field, kicking meaning, in field goals. Meaning, well, I mean, you can give credit to the Georgia defense or yes. take away from the Alabama offense, but meaning when a quarterback like Stetson Bennett isn't under pressure to make too many things happen, he can play looser. Like what, because well, he just seemed to play general, with real poise down the stretch. Well, well, just in general, an offense, in Alabama's offense, wasn't applying the pressure to Georgia. They were, they were, it was 3-0, 3-3, 6-3, 9-3. I mean, that's nothing. They were not scoring touchdowns. They were Making him feel like, I got to make goals. it happen. Now you are now relaxed to be able mm-hmm. to do your job. You're like, oh, I'm only down a touchdown, opposed to being down by 17. You're only down by three, three. six, yes. nine. Yeah. Also below Max in the second half, though, uh, the physicality of the running game for Georgia was different. Obviously, it allowed Stetson to take more chances downfield. But, I mean, when you have four running backs, it was almost like the cumulative effect for Georgia, it started to wear down the Alabama defense. Yeah, I think those are good points. I thought I thought Stetson Bennett looked poised. I think poised is the word. In the big moments down the stretch, he looked calm to me. And they also recognized in the secondary for Alabama that they were missing some key, com, key Injuries, people yeah. there, and they targeted that. They yep. said to themselves, we got a guy from junior college out here on an island by himself. Let's go attack him. And so, that's what they did. Nick Saban talking to Molly McGrath on ESPN about Kirby Smart, former assistant, winning his first, forget about beating Nick Saban, winning his first title. Well, I'm, I'm, you know, proud of Kirby. I'm proud of the program that he's built. Um, He's done an outstanding job, you know, with his team. Uh, They played great. They've probably been the most consistent team all year long. Uh, we did a really good job, you know, in the SEC championship game. Nobody can take that away from these kids, and um, I'm proud of them for what they were able to accomplish. How classy is that? It's just first-class individual, you know, and Nick Saban, the greatest coach of all time in college football, is able to pay flowers, give flowers to Kirby Smart, his assistant, in a moment like that, when obviously you know Nick Saban's one of the most competitive people on this damn planet, right? But to obviously say positive things about Kirby Smart, and Kirby has done an incredible job. And I think about, I was thinking about that last night. It's like going back to your alma mater, right, a place where you met your wife, 
um, and, and winning a championship, the first one since 1980, and bringing that program. You look at his six-year resume, it is off the charts. Yeah. It's like 65 and 15. Know what, know what he per, struck me? Ten-year, 135 coming to him <laughs> in a couple weeks. Soon. Yeah. Tell, yeah. Telling me, I'm always thinking about it, though. <laughs> you got no, it yeah, down I'm to just, the penny. Back so. yeah. I'm just thinking to myself, he actually won a national title where – there are guys like James hoping, Franklin, for yeah. instance, that uh, that they just shelled out all Kelly, that money Brian at Kelly. Penn State. Brian Kelly, like you know, know. What a, know what I hear when I hear Nick Saban talk about him. Though same thing with Belichick. When you think like, how do you become the greatest of all time? They were probably the most consistent team all year long. Like it, it, it's one piece at a time. It's being consistent. You always hear the same thing from Nick Saban, whether it's about his team or the other team. Much more on college football national championship game throughout the morning, of course, including. Former Bulldog Benjamin Watson, 7.30 Eastern on the Goodyear Hotline. Plus, guy who knows a little something about football, Hall of Famer Bill Parcells joins us in 45 minutes. But coming up, the Bears answered two questions yesterday and still may have left the most important one unanswered. That's next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, and Sirius XM Channel 80. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join on the Goodyear hotline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dr. Pepper, call in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Question is this, what's the best head coaching job opening in the NFL right now? 888-SAY-ESPN. Dr. Pepper, Twitter feed, at KeyJ and Max. So many ways to contact the show. Playing at Kanye right now. I thought we were talking about Antonio Brown, considering he was taking pictures with Ye last night. Was he? Yes. Hmm. It gets more interesting by the second. Told you, Netflix series. Bing yeah, bong. Right. Bing bong. So um, David Kaplan now joins us on the Goodyear Hotline. Morning, Cap. Good morning, gentlemen. How we doing? What's up, Cap? We're Good, doing man. maybe not as well as you Jay? this morning. Pardon me? I said maybe not as well as you this morning. <laughs> well, yeah. you don't feel you, you're, you're not. Cap's not jumping for joy right now. Uh, well, I mean, whatever personal feelings aside about a guy being a nice guy is different than thinking that your team's fortunes are heading in the right direction. Right or wrong, Cap? 
that was the most embarrassing performance by a Chicago sports executive in 30 years. Wow. Well, there you have it. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Let's hear from um, George McCaskey. How are you accountable for the record that you have? Like you said, it's a bottom line business, wins and losses. Does that lend merit to the idea that, that somebody else should be, like a Bill Polian type, should be at the top? Yeah, my performance is reviewed by ownership and the board of directors, and ownership has informed me that uh, it wishes me to continue in this role. Mm. Sound like it was straight out of the Keyshawn Johnson playbook right there. What's your yeah, reaction? it's his mom. It's his mom. <laughs> yeah. It's his mom who's telling him he should continue in that role. That was a joke yesterday. You know, it's, it's, it's really, I was telling him, Cap, it's really hard to remove yourself when I own the team. It's just, you know, when I'm, when I'm in the mix, it's hard to remove yourself. I mean, think about it, the Giants. Just think about it. Yeah. Jerry Jones. It's like, I, I'm not firing myself regardless to what. The fan base. You know what the fan base wants to hear, though, to me, Cap, like as a Giants fan with Mara? Just come out and say, this is my shiny toy, and I get to play with it, and you know what? I care more about me than I care about you, the fan. Just say it, because don't try to double talk us. That's the problem. Yeah, well, you're going to get the double talk, right? I mean, that's just what it is. But see, I've been around here longer than you guys. You're younger than I am. This is the same organization that fired George's late brother as the CEO for one screw-up after another, like me anchoring the press conference back in 1999 or 98 when they fired Dave Wanstead and they hired Dave McGinnis. And I'm not kidding you, Dave McGinnis was told by the late Michael McCaskey Hey, tell your assistants we gave them four-year contracts, but they're really only one. Just tell them they're four. And didn't have Dave's deal done, but there's the, the press release, which I still have somewhere around here. I should tweet it out. Bears hired Dave McGinnis, and Dave McGinnis is in the building. There are 200 people in the conference center getting ready for the press conference, and Dave McGinnis says, wait a minute, what? What do you want me to say about my, co- my contract and my coaches? I'm out of here. And the people were all there. And he got in the car and he left. And several years later, Mrs. McCaskey, who's a lovely lady, says, that's it, Michael, you're out. How, how and su- that's when George took over. How surprised were you, Cap, that they let Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy go on Black Monday? Oh, I wasn't surprised. I guess Ryan, there was had been some question. Matt, that, I told you guys that was a done deal a long time ago. But – Yesterday's performance by George literally was the most uninspiring. And then to call Olin Krutz a liar and then for ha- to have Olin reach out to Ryan Pace and to Harry Heastan, the old offensive line coach who's now back at Notre Dame, and for both men to say, yeah, you were telling the truth. We did offer you $15 an hour. And for George to impugn Olin's character – George was beyond pathetic yesterday. And if, if I was a Bears fan, just a fan, it wasn't me in the media, I would seriously be thinking, should I cheer for another team? Wow. Seriously, that's how wow. people think because they look at it and go, we're doomed. All right, Cap. So let's try to focus on the positive side of this for one second. Give me the Bears' wish list. Obviously, Brian Flores becomes available. 
yesterday, a lot of great executives out there. Who is on your wish list? Yeah, Brian Flores is not on the wish list. <laughs> I would say that uh, because if Brian can't get along in the building there, we're hearing that he struggled with Tua and he didn't get along with the GF. That ain't going to fly with the McCaskey crew. I can tell you that. Um, I think number one on their list is Jim Harbaugh. And there are some things to sell here. Number one is Justin Fields. Number two is this crew that owns the team. I mean, you had to drag them kicking and screaming and make all these changes yesterday, so they're going to give you time. They bring Keyshawn Johnson in to be their general manager. They're going to give him time. So that is a positive. I did a show with Dave Wanstead last night. He said, I I worked for him. They're very, they were very good people. He said, but you know, they now they're spending money, but he told me they had Steve Walsh from the university of Miami. He comes in on a one year deal. They win a road playoff game at Minnesota, which by the way, is the last time the Chicago bears won a road playoff game. Dave wants that was the coach. And he said, off season comes Minnesota offered him and Tampa Bay offered him. He said, coach Tampa's offered me 250 grand. I'd rather stay here and be your starter. And he went to the late Michael McCaskey, and he said, $250,000 for a quarterback? No. Sorry. He's got to go. And that was that. So it's a mom-and-pop operation. That's just a fact. Dave Kaplan, co-host of Cap and Jay Hood, uh, ESP, ESP in Chicago 1000, joining us this morning on Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. If, if they bring in somebody like a Harbaugh, potentially some other coaches that are out in the NFL right now, could they serve as the head of football operations, general manager slash, as well as the head coach? Will they do something like that? Uh, I think if they bring Jim in here, and I can tell you they love Jim Harbaugh, if they would bring Jim in here, they'd give him any type of control that he wanted. And, I I mean, how many teams are going to make an offer to Jim Harbaugh? I think – in the last several years, they've started to spend money around here. So I don't think it's going to be a dollars and cents decision for a guy like Jim Harbaugh. If, if, if Jim says I'm interested, I think they would write him whatever check they have to write him. But it, boy, oh boy. That's a good it's one. Just, people, I have not seen the fan base this disappointed. Like yesterday when they announced the firings, I was on the air. 8.25, bam, Matt Nagy's out. Five minutes later, Schefter, bam, Ryan Pace is out. For the next, till 1 o'clock, to the next four and a half hours, people are like, yes, here we go. McCaskey's going to announce big changes, and we're changing the structure. And, like, by 1.20, people were tweeting, well, that four and a half hours was fun. That was it. So, it's sad. Wow. That's, that's, uh... <laughs> What fan base wants it more than Chicago? What team who has more prestige that has not done it for this long than the Bears? Cap, thanks a million. Always love it when you jump on with us. Thanks, Cap. Appreciate it. By the way, look at those Bulls. Look at those Bulls, Cap. Let's go. Roll it, baby. Here we go. (laughs) Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast.
Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Dining in dollars, doing business and bought, wherever life takes you, the Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. It's Demon Time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100, 100 times, times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and Goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make PrizePix the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepix.com morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepix.com morning, code morning for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePix, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. We're asking on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed at KeyJ Max, what's the best head coaching job open in the NFL right now? Be a part of Keyshawn J. Will and Max Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Calls at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation's presented by Dr. Pepper. The college football season's over and fans are celebrating after their victory. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. So we were, oh, I'd say pretty much shocked with Brian Flores's firing yesterday when the news broke mm-hmm. Adam Schefter break I mean I think I, a lot I think all I think a lot of people around the NFL and professional sports in general was kind of like what can, can considering we, what he did with that team over his three years I, I mean it's ridiculous that's man. what I want to get to let's leave the fact that that just for a second we'll get to it the the like, what is now two African-American coaches head coaches in an, in a league that is predominantly African-American. We get to that in a second. Just look at the job that Brian Flores did. He took over a terrible team from Adam Gase, right? Do you understand when he first got that team, they went 0-4 but were outscored in those first four games 163-26. to And we were asking on TV, is this the worst team of all time? They wound up going 0-7. Max, in, Guys, in his first year, yeah. guess who led them in rushing yards? Who? Ryan Fitzpatrick. Right. But the point Very, is they go they go 0 they and 7 in they go 0 and 7 yeah. but they win 5 of their last 9 games. The team never quit and the very next year they win 10 games and they followed up this year after a bad start by winning 7 of their last 8 he got fired. But that's why when it when he got fired yesterday the first thing I said is I, it smells like dead fish. Something bad is some rotten. it's something nice and rotten going on. Some finger pointing, some you, I got change your status. It was just, it didn't smell right. Because you don't get rid of a young, promising, up-and-coming head coach that has your organization and team trending in the right direction. You just don't. So I knew right then there, I was like, it's a little bit of a disagreement with somebody. So Jay Key, Jeff Darlington, our you know, ESPN NFL reporter, 
was on the 6 p.m. Sports Center with Kevin Nagandi last night and talked about what was going on behind the scenes. The organization believed that Flores was too abrasive toward Greer. Uh, it was a situation where he couldn't necessarily, he wasn't retaining assistance in a manner that maybe was something that the organization liked. He'd gone through several offensive coordinators, several offensive line coaches. And then finally, it's the relationship with Tua Tungavailoa. Now, this is an interesting one because, quite honestly, I've been told that the relationship on the surface was fine. But behind the scenes, throughout the season, Flores, is, Flores was trying to basically lured Deshaun Watson to come to Miami and get that trade to happen. He was a driving force for that. So behind the scenes, Flora's not necessarily as supportive of Tua as the organization wanted him to be. Absolutely. You could tell that throughout the course of the season. And if I'm Brian Flores, you damn right I'm kicking the tires on Deshaun Watson to try to figure out what the situation is and if he wants to come to Miami, if we can bring him there to help me win a game, even though – I got a quarterback that we drafted in the first round, but I'm looking at him and I know what I'm looking at and he can't help me beat the Buffalo Bills, the New England Patriots on a consistent basis to take over the AFC East. Absolutely, I'm going to kick the tires on that. For sure. See, this to me gives a sign that, okay, the Dolphins are probably going to stay with Tua. Like Tua is going to be something that they're going to build off of considering they were willing to let Brian Flores go when he's in the pocket for Deshaun Watson. And it does make me look at the Houston situation with intrigue now because obviously knowing the relationship between Brian Flores and Deshaun Watson and then seeing that situation with David Culley there in Houston, is that a potential target for Brian Flores now that can keep Deshaun Watson in Houston? Oh, no, 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 no. No, I mean, same, if, you, way, if you're the, the ownership thought, yeah. of the Texans, you're sitting there saying, hey, if I'm trying to mend this relationship, could this be the first kind of, Keep, hey, I'll No, that brand. relationship, that relationship is. Okay, I'm just saying. That thing is way It's, it's not bad to think that, even if it is way gone. It's, it's a. It's I, a I mean, I did have that thought. The no. first, I said, hey, is that possible to keep them in Texas if they get Flores? No, that, that relationship, the relationship with Deshaun and the Texans organization is just. And the city, the whole, it's just. That thing is, is well, listen, completely gone. You talked about how fraught it would be if they even looked at Deshaun Watson. You took us through the whole thing. He first, Stephen Ross, it's, it's his wife and kids, the whole family. Yeah. You've got to have a talk. Then the GM and their whole family's got to be every – so many people would it's have to lot, sign it, off on a it. A lot has to align in the right situation, plus his own personal legal issues that he's dealing with. That has to check out in a certain way. Totally unresolved, by look, the way. Mm-hmm. He, he, here's what I would say. When you go back and you look at the timeline of when Brian Flores first got hired, Coach Caldwell, Jim Caldwell, former coach of the Indianapolis Colts, Detroit Lions, was was going to be the offensive coordinator for the Miami Dolphins. Then he had some personal issues, medical issues. He stepped aside and stepped down. In come Chan Gailey. Chan Gailey was there. He decided to talk to Chris Greer in evaluating Tua. It's like, okay, so the offensive coordinator wanted a certain style quarterback to fit his system. You know, he liked to do all the gadgets and all the different stuff. Signs off on it. He leaves a year later. Yeah. So he, he, Brian Flores was essentially left holding a bag that he necessarily he didn't want. Didn't want. Yep. They're not going to tell you that because that's just not what they're going to do. They ain't going to actually tell you the real story behind everything. And now you got Chris Greer and saying, hey, we, we don't see eye to eye. You got Steve Ross siding with the general manager, which is his right. He owns the team. But now you have a coach on the outside who, 
who should get several looks mm-hmm. uh, because he is a promising young head coach, and there'll be several openings that are already there. He'll get looks to get another job. He did not have the most talented roster, Brian Flores. But as I said, th- there was every reason for that team to quit three seasons ago. Every reason. His and defense never, was always fire. Yep. And they never quit on him. To me, that's, that's a huge box to check. Then the next box is, but can he win? Next season, double-digit wins. Check again. He checks in the and by the way, then Belichick, you're in the AFC East. You, he's four and two lifetime against Belichick. Huge. Che- he checked a lot. Has of boxes. any of Belichick's other assistants winning percentage ever been that high against him? No way. No way. I could tell you no off way. the top. No way. <laughs> and I, I know that there's a former assistant here in New York, but I keep looking at the Giants situation and saying, all right, with Dave Gettleman retiring, which is a completely other different conversation, Max, that you and I can address later. I. I I would love to have Brian Flores here in New York with the Giants. No doubt. You know, I want to go back hey, to – They have a head coach in New York, man. I want to go back to the well, Dolphins, though. Well, depending upon who the GM is, that could change. I totally agree with you, by the way. Totally. Uh, I, I want to go back to the Dolphins, though. Yes. Because even the Deshaun Watson thing, look, these are allegations, but they're 22 separate women making allegations. That's very serious, and it's not just a thing where, oh, yeah, but he'll be back. Let's see what happens with that. That's the first thing. And you can understand the, the, the reticence of Miami to, to say, wait a minute, dude, we don't need this. You know, Brian Flores trying to win games just wants the better quarterback. But I don't know that but, – but we don't know that they said no, right? They probably said no in the end because they couldn't make it happen. You know, they probably couldn't sure. make it happen. It was like – now we can't like, do it. dude, move off this. Yeah, it ain't going to happen. Yeah, 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 exactly. But, but Stephen Ross, the owner of the Miami Dolphins, was also asked about Jim Harbaugh and taking him from Michigan. And listen to what Stephen Ross said. I love Jim Harbaugh. Uh, had the opportunity once before to come to the, to the uh, Miami Dolphins. Uh, but uh, he's at the University of Michigan, as everybody really knows. And I guess that's really one of my really uh, – that is my school I graduated from, and I'm very involved in it. And I'm not going to be the person that takes Jim Harbaugh to the University of Michigan. I hope he stays there. He is a great coach. But if yeah. he's a great coach, then you should want him for the team you own. No, I tried to get him when at Stanford, and he said no because he's a Michigan guy. I'm a Michigan guy. I'm paying him the seven and a half damn million, nine million dollars. No, I'm not going to do that. That's what Stephen Ross is telling us I'm right now. I'm one of the people kicking I am into the heavily kitty for involved. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am heavily involved. <laughs> Every time there's a cash issue in the athletic department, I am the one writing the check. I am not going to uh, screw up what we have at Michigan. Let Look, somebody else is, do I'm that. I'm not going to take from my college team to give to my Ro- Robbing team. Peter to pay Paul. <laughs> not going to do that. I wonder, like, so who is the next coach of the Miami Dolphins? You got a lot of options. I mean, you got Brian Dables out there. You got Doug Peterson's out there. Man, I'll go get – I'll go check out Mike Zimmer. i check Zim out for real. They got a good defense. His offense is always solid and sound. He can bring young Kubiak with him, uh, who's his offensive coordinator. Um, who else would I take a look at? I'll uh, obviously – Obviously, there's always the offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator prospects that's out there. Eric Bieniemy, Jay mentioned, Brian Leftwich, Todd Bowles is right down the street. Todd Bowles coached in Miami before. Um, Guys, you know what? You know what I'm going to laugh at when, like, I, I just remember that season I talked about that first one where they stunk, Joseph. but they didn't mm-hmm. quit. The last game of the season, remember this? New England needed a win to get a home playoff game. They went down to Miami 
and Brian Flores' squad. Yeah. Again, that started 0-7, getting their teeth kicked in, beat New England. And, and New England had to go on the road, and Tom Brady lost and left New England. Like, I'm going to laugh so hard if the, if, if the Dolphins like, are unable now to get over the Patriots to beat them when they need to or ever. You got a guy who was beating Bill Belichick, and you let him walk out. You better get someone who you think can beat Belichick's team because whatever happens with the Buffalo Bills, you know the Patriots are going to be there year in and year out. Who can beat Belichick? You can take a look at Josh McDaniels. You can try that again. Um, I mean, there's some candidates that's out there. There's there's some coaches that's out there. You can always look into the college ranks. But the, the thing is, like, you know, you're like, all right, well, this guy wasn't fired because of his coaching ability. He was fired because of politics. And I think that's something that we don't talk often about enough is that the internal politics of how you need to operate those relationships can really dictate whether you're a successful NFL or any professional head coach. You know something? And Mike Tannenbaum is going to be on the show at 8 a.m. But Mike T was talking yesterday on a terrific show. This just in handsome host, 2 p.m. Eastern ESPN. Um, and he was, if you read between the lines what Mike T was saying, he was like, look, there are situations where a coach has done well and feels they have some leverage yes. and goes in and says, look, this is what I need right now. And, and knowing like, and everyone has been, or not everyone, but people have been in various walks of life in their own fields or businesses in positions where they feel like, I'm going to go into my boss and say, look, this is what I need. And if they don't check every box, if they, if, then, then I don't need this, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe true. that's what happened. That's true. That, 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 that's very true. They were not on the same page. He felt, though, from what I understand, he felt that the quarterback was holding him back. So they looked at That's why he, when they had Ryan Fitzpatrick, he was in and out. As soon as he had an opportunity, Ryan Fitzpatrick, they down by X amount of points. He's like, man, sit this dude down, put in Ryan Fitzpatrick to bring us back because I can't win with Tua. We cannot get well, he to what we rookie. need to. He was a rookie. Like, I, Coming off injury, too. Like, I, but That aside, you're no, right. No, but Keith. you got to remember, even he was playing him and starting him, but they would fall behind, and he would go to the bench as if this was oh, Major League Baseball or yeah. something yeah. where he's coming in as a reliever Ryan to save the day. If Ryan Fitzpatrick is in for you, that means that you're not a quarterback yet. That's who Ryan Fitzpatrick is. He plays when you don't really have a quarterback yet. But whether or not I agree with Flores's evaluation of Tua, because I feel like Tua is getting better and better, that seems to be what happened, right? That well, seems well, to be uh, what along happened. With, along with other personnel, uh, players and their contracts, getting deals done where players would be happy, and it wasn't happening at the level that it needed to, from what I understand. Now, you know. It's always two and three sides to a story, right? Yeah, his like his side, his side, side her side, side, or his side, side and the yeah, truth. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right. Okay, two and three. Right now, <laughs> guess who we have waiting to talk to us, guys? The Ooh. one Ooh. and only Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL Insider. What's going on, Dan? Hey, Max, how you doing? Good, good. How how attractive is the Dolphins' uh, opening right now at head coach? It's tough because um, you really don't know uh, about the quarterback situation, right? Like if you believe in, in Tua Tungavailoa or if you have intel that tells you the team is going to be able to get whatever, Russell Wilson, Deshaun White, whoever, 
uh, then it becomes a lot more attractive. But if there's uncertainty at the quarterback position, that makes any job um, a little bit less exciting than, say, the chance to coach Trevor Lawrence or the chance to coach Justin Fields, right? So you'd sit it behind those in terms of appeal at this point. Obviously, you're going to need to be somebody that can get along and be in lockstep with the GM, Chris Greer, because I think a big reason that Brian Flores is not there anymore is that he, he was not doing that. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I think there are some there, – if you're a candidate for that job, you probably have almost as many questions for the team as the team has for you when you go in to talk about it. Dan, do you see Brian Flores being higher during this coaching cycle coming up? Um, I could see it because I think he's well-regarded in terms of uh, what he did there and uh, in terms of establishing um, you know, a culture in the locker room and, and, uh, and all that. I, I think that he might get some looks. Um, I don't know how certain it is, uh, but, yeah, I, I think he's going to be somebody that, that, that teams take a look at. I don't think a lot of people around the league were expecting him to be available so if you were making plans, like say you're the Bears or whoever, you're making plans to, to fire your coach in the recent weeks, uh, he might not have been someone you thought about as a candidate. So I think teams are, are, were discussing that yesterday, and we'll see if, um, we'll see if he ends up interviewing anywhere in the next uh, few days. Look, Dan, there's, a, there's some obviously uh, negative things swirling around Deshaun Watson and the things that went on with him in the offseason. Now you have someone like Brian Flores – out of Miami and could be potentially a candidate in other spots. Will this slow things down, you think, for the Dolphins in terms of the pursuit of Deshaun Watson? Because Brian Flores, let's be honest with each other, he was not the only guy taking a look at Deshaun Watson in Miami. He was not. I I do think he was kind of a driving force. I think he was somebody who was pushing it pretty hard. And I don't think – you're right, Key. Look, it's not like – the GM and the owner were saying, no, 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 let's not do this. I, I think they were on board with the idea if they could make it happen. So don't rule it out. But I think when you hear Stephen Ross come out and say, uh, you know, he's not, it'll be up to the new, or the new head coach will have a say in what direction we go at quarterback. I think he's being honest. Um, but yeah, I do think that the Dolphins will definitely continue to look at big name possibilities there. Um, again, Watson, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, you know, being the headliners in terms of guys who might uh, be available at that position this offseason. Look, they could have a new coach come in there and say, look, I can work with Tua. I'd like the roster. We can make this. And then they go with him. But I, I do think it, I, I think the possibility of the Dolphins continuing to, to take a big swing this offseason at that position still remains. Okay, we got six openings currently at the moment. How many others do you think we can expect to see? Well, um, I'm interested to see what the Raiders do. Obviously, Rich Bisaccia has done a, a remarkable job getting them into the playoffs. Uh, they're playing hard for him. The, all this means he deserves a look. Uh, but if they were to lose Saturday in Cincinnati, I do wonder if the Raiders might um, might go embark on another plan, uh, as they probably were intending to when they made the move uh, to promote Bisaccia. He's done a great job, deserves an interview and, and consideration, but I don't know if ultimately he gets it. Uh, and then the Giants, obviously, I, I, I don't think uh, Joe Judge got any final assurances yesterday. I think they're going to go out and look for a GM, and it's going to be of paramount importance to the Giants organization that the GM and the head coach um, be in agreement on matters, be in, in lockstep on the vision for the future of the franchise. And if they find a GM candidate they love, 
who has another coach in mind or whose vision doesn't line up with judges, then I think they can still make a move there. So, so watching that just to be sure. Yeah. I mean, Brian Flores is available. He's from New York. He, he has a team that doesn't quit no matter what. You know, you see, like you look at teams and how they think and how they hire, right? Like, if you move on from Joe Judge, are you going to go with another former Belichick guy? Like, is that or is that does that not sound like? I mean, that, they might just need to. Dan, he's four and two against Belichick last time. Brian Flores is four you. and two. I, I do. I, as a Giants fan, I'd love it. What, what's the most attractive? Um, I, I know you, you touched on it about if you have a quarterback, you want to coach up. But which of the of the jobs that are open at the moment is the most attractive? Do you think, Dan? Well, I think a, a lot of people would tell you Jacksonville because Trevor Lawrence is still a prospect people regard as, as high end and, and a guy you can really, um, you know, build around like a franchise type quarterback. I think he's still regarded that way uh, by a lot of people around the league. And there are coaches that would love a chance to, to, to coach him. I, I don't think Chicago's far behind. I mean, there are a lot of people like Justin Fields as well. There are people like Justin Fields better than Trevor Lawrence. So, and if that, if, if you're one of those people, then I think Chicago lines up, uh, as the better job. I mean, the wild card is Denver, right? Denver has a really good roster. They don't know who the quarterback's going to be. If if you if you are if you know they're going to get Aaron Rodgers, then that becomes the most attractive job. But I don't think at this point anybody can be certain of that. That is Dan Graziano on the Goodyear Hotline. Appreciate it, Dan. Thanks, DG. Sure thing, guys. All right, Dan. Brought to you by Goodyear. With you for every mile on the road to greatness. Goodyear more driven. I mean, I. I'll tell you what about the Chicago opening, though, guys. Even if you like Trevor Lawrence a little more than Justin Fields, if you could do something in Chicago, you it's a whole different Chicago. level of celebrity, of status as the head coach of the Bears if you get it done. Yeah. Two-time Super Bowl champion, head coach, and Hall of Famer. Who knows a little something about succeeding on the biggest stage. On the one change we did not see on Monday. That's next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and ESPN2. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.